Fratelloni's Hardware and Garden Stores brings you Garage Logic Podcast number 1082. Wow. May 22nd, 2023. 99 degrees on this day in 1925. And it was 32 degrees on this day in 1917. Both those dates are way before the greatest invention since, I don't know what, Aquaside. Aquaside. They've been keeping... Uh, Lakeshore's great-looking and weed-free for more than 60 years with a complete line of lake and pond control products made in White Bear Lake. The products are easy to use. They work quickly. They're registered with the EPA and DNR. There's no needs to uh, let weeds... There's no need... There's no needs... (laughs) To let the weeds... To let the weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. Call Aquaside, explain to them what you're facing, what you're looking at, how the kids are recoiling in horror. They'll help you identify your weed problem. Your place will look great all summer long. Call Aquaside at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Chris Reavers manning Technology Corner. Kenny Olson from the Krabby Coffee Shop, John Hyde in the newsroom, and of course, the rookie. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and the keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Sushir. The nation, which is generous on my part because the entire nation doesn't watch golf, of course. Right. But there was a hell of a sports story over the weekend when the club pro from California finished 15th in the PGA. Wow. And he earned a <laughs> uh, he earned a trip to next year's PGA because of that. He's 46-year-old Michael Block. Wow. And he was just a fun guy and he uh his interviews were great and he realized that this is all a fantasy. This is just a dream. I can't believe. He had a hole in one yesterday. That's cool. And uh in fact they invited the PGA was so impressed. They gave him an exemption to next week's end tournament next weekend's tournament the Colonial in Fort Worth. So he's gonna, he called his boss and said, I need another week off work. That's cool. And he's going down there to play in that. It was fun. He earned 288 grand. You know it'd be great if he said, "Hey, I'd like to go, but Liv just offered me five five mil." <laughs> <laughs> I'll it, take it. Get it because yeah. it was it was a live player who won. Bruce Kepka. Yeah. Anyway, it was fun to watch him, and uh, everyone everyone uh, could identify with the underdog. Yeah, that aw shucks kind of. Oh, it was just fun. humility about it. It was fun. Uh, it, it beat the hell out of discovering. Uh, the death on the light rail train. I think it was early Saturday morning, like one-ish in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yes. And uh, struck and killed by a light rail train after he fell off the platform during a fight with another man, according to police. It yeah, was I, I don't. I need to know about that story because the police press release must have said he fell. But was, wasn't he probably pushed? I mean, let's be honest. I, I would assume so. And uh, into the path of an oncoming train. Yeah. Uh, I bring this up because uh, I think my staff mates here might talk me off the ledge. Uh, Don't be so sure. <laughs> Rebecca Brannon. Rebecca Brannon, yep. Uh, tweeted out the uh, the video that was taken, I, I think, not by her. 
No, correct. Taken by a bystander mm-hmm. whose voices you can hear in the background. The video. What do you mean? The video. What do you mean the video? The video of the death of the fellow. Okay, it doesn't show him being hit by the train. No. Uh -uh. No, it shows the aftermath. Uh, Think of the scene in Wizard of Oz with the Wicked Witch under the house. And I'm not being... I'm not being irreverent when I say, in fact, if he had worn striped socks, you would think it would have been an exact picture of the Wicked Witch under the house. You only see him, you only see his legs. Uh, the rest of him's under the train. Now... Uh, Why would she do that? Well, I, we're going to get to that. Let me just get a basic question out of the way first, given that it's garage logic. I wonder if a crane was required to lift the train off this poor fellow. There's, it was, it's, it, it's so tight. How did you get him out of there? You'd have to uh, roll it back. I don't want to get graphic, but if you start rolling the train, aren't you taking him with you? Probably. Yeah. Well, it's at the. It's at the. He's about three feet into the car. Oh God, Rook! Half his body's under the car. No, no. I'm. What I'm saying is, but he's by the end of the car. Right. Yeah, so they'd to, have to move yeah. it. You know, three feet or something like that. Well, it's anyway, tough to look at. Anyway, I, uh, I, I did not uh, immediately object. To that video being made public, and you guys have a completely different view of that, and maybe I'm the one who's wrong. I just thought it was a video that absolutely shows you how bad things have gotten. The only problem I have with it is I don't think it serves a news purpose, number one. Number two, if I were a relative of that person... Um, I'd be more than upset. And then my next question is, where do you draw the line then with this with mm-hmm. this sort of thing as far as as, as running it? Yeah. If it's just a normal, those are, those are great questions. Yeah. Kenny. Yeah, I'm reading her explanation right now, and I just saw the video for the first time right now. I didn't need to see that, and I disagree with her 100. percent That that content did not need to be seen. It did nothing to further the story. It's gratuitous and gross, and uh, I, I'm done with her. I, I'm not. I don't follow accounts like that. So, see ya, Rebecca. Sorry. Uh, as I continue to give it completely sober thought, maybe the same thing could have been accomplished by describing it in written words. Yeah. No, it does nothing to further the story or prove the prove the point that there's crime or any of that it, because it was horrific no it's gratuitous is what it is all right i'm gonna let it go so well, well let me ask a question because i i side with john and kenny where i don't think that that type of thing especially from someone who we all know we had her in studio yeah and, and respected her yeah but and i know that she's trying to establish herself as a, as a journalist and she has done a pretty good job i think the i guess my point is so what what John's question earlier was where do you draw the line? So how is that different from other videos that we're watching in real time oftentimes through social media where ultimately we're going to watch someone I don't watch those videos and I don't follow those accounts. This is a personal thing with me. It has nothing sure. I don't care who agrees or disagrees with well, me. Well, I it's guess a- this is my preference. Larry Mollett, no longer with the Pioneer Press, but uh, specialty is architecture, but he's done many, 
many things. He has a coffee table book of photographs from the 30s, 40s, and 50s into the 60s that appeared in the uh, St. Paul newspaper. Mm-hmm. And it's fascinating. Uh, that picture would have routinely been shown in the 40s and 50s. Yep. Along with strange other, days, dangerous nights. Yeah, strange days, dangerous nights, and they're incredible photographs of carnage and uh, dead victims. And it was uh, the old cliche about the photographer had a doll in the trunk of his car to throw on the scene of a car accident where a little kid was died. That that cliche yeah. might very well have been true. Uh, and uh, so something changed in news gathering. Sensitivities changed. Sensibilities changed. It's social media. Uh, no, let me let me finish the thought. I'm still on the 40s, 50s, and 60s. Oh. Uh, it was very. If a plane crashed, they'd get there and you'd see bodies hanging out of the fuselage. A bit. So what changed? You know, we, we it's really a paradox because we live in a time of American culture when life has been so cheapened. Hmm. That, but we think we're we're fine. We think we're we're above that because we don't talk about it or show it. But life has become so cheapened. In fact, if you listen to the background commentary of the people uh, present when this poor fellow lost his life on the light rail platform, there there's there the comments of idiocy. Mm-hmm. And there's no, oh, mother of God, I'm going to get on my knees. And you know, there's no praying. There's, it's just, it's just this foul language of, oh man, look at this is really bleeped up, you know, and blah blah blah. What changed? Life is cheaper than it was in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and yet we wouldn't dare put that picture in a newspaper. Or would we dare? I don't know about television news. It was primitive even by the. In the 50s, it was still considered primitive, but the, the newspaper uh, photographs were uh, routinely presented of carnage. Routinely. It was, it was a given. Hmm. That's gone. I don't, what has changed? The paradox is, as life has become cheaper and less valuable in society, we don't dare show it. I don't think it's any one particular thing, though. I think we all are, our sensitivities all have been numb to the to, to stuff just like this, right? Because we've been exposed to it so much more than we ever have. Well, but look at on site there. If you look at that video, there's other people taking video as well. For what reason? Titillation. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I mean, thank God. We don't see photographs of inside the classroom at Uvalde, Texas. Okay. Right? Yeah. yeah 100% yeah. agreed there. Yeah. yeah. But when we were showing photographs in the 40s and 50s, there was no Uvalde, Texas incident. So when there was a bad car accident, we saw the guy and the gal bloodied, slumped over each other behind the wheel. I, I, I'm, I, am I grateful that we don't see that anymore? I guess, I, I guess I'm opening a Pandora's box. I, I don't know where I'm going with this. Uh, I, I'm, I'm comfortable agreeing with you 
that the uh, the video was unnecessary. Uh, I don't know. Uh, do standards of Twitter? Will standards of Twitter come into play? Here? No, there's no standards there's, on Twitter. There's, there are oh, none. Yeah. You, well, well, the point I guess I was trying to make earlier, and and you guys help me understand. What is the difference then of someone like Rebecca putting that video out on social media for? All of the followers that she has, and then obviously other people that maybe don't follow her, are going to be able to see. What's the difference between that and what we saw three years ago on Memorial Day weekend with George Floyd? We were watching a man dying, right? And it's only because yeah. it's only because a bystander was videotaping it with their cell phone. That's damn near three years ago today, isn't right. it? Right. It's Memorial Day weekend of 2020. So yeah. that's what I'm asking. What's the difference then? We're, that's we're... a great question. That is a great question. That's what I do here. That that was, a, that was a turnaway situation. I didn't want to see his... But we all well, did. We all watched on that it. Neck. The police were involved. Right. Okay. Um, the There's... police weren't involved in the, the, the train station situation. Um... Uh, Joe, I don't know. Well, I think it's something newsworthy-wise, far more newsworthy than, say, the the body under the train. Sure. Uh, because of the police involvement, because of what what it became. Because remember, the press release the Minneapolis uh, police sent out basically yeah. said, yeah, nothing happened here. He died in distress because, you know, yeah. that's all, period. So in I think fact, it becomes quote newsworthy. Was, at that wasn't point. the quote directly, John, health incident? Didn't yes. Health yep, that's, you're correct. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Yes. Well, as far as Rebecca Brannon, who I only know uh, vaguely because of her visit with us one time, uh, she has she is she is her own boss. Uh, she is legitimately earned the title of a what would I call it? A citizen journalist who uh, creates her own guidelines. She's done some, uh, you know, I've, I've heard everybody praise her on occasion. She's the only one who went up and got photographs of uh, that sheriff's Hutchinson. Hutchinson's vehicle and said, this isn't right, something's up here that, with this story. She's done some interesting and important work. She mm -hmm. just came back from the border, for God's sakes. If I'm not mistaken, she's probably paying her own freight. It looks like she was in Chicago too over the weekend, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. And so, in her environment, uh, I can understand why she released that, why she did. Now, whether it's correct or not uh, is a difficult question. She doesn't have an editor. She doesn't have a publisher. She doesn't have anyone to say to her, "Hold it, that's too much." So she does what she does. Uh, if that that's that's on her, and I I can't I can't account for that. And she's not alone. We, you know, there's there's a number of other people in that same position all across the country that do the same thing. Well, I guess there's nothing to be learned from this except at one o'clock on a Saturday morning, a fight could break out on a light rail station, and people could die in a thousand different ways. And this fellow just happened to die in a. An extraordinarily unusually graphic way. But explain the part that John had asked about earlier. What, why have we, why have we not found out any more information here? 
I mean, it's we're at over 48 hours since this took place. We haven't made an arrest. We haven't named anybody. Uh, Why is that? Because it's just another death in Minneapolis. Because life is cheapened. Because there's no urge, any more urgency on this death than there is on any other. I'm not indicting the police. I'm merely suggesting that what 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 would be the urgency in providing you news on this death as opposed to a traffic death in Blaine? Because this appeared to be a direct threat to the public, right? Wouldn't you want to know that information? I certainly would. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just, uh, well, let me put it this way. I, I'm not surprised that you don't have additional information yet. I, I mean, I presume you'll get some. Uh Maybe it takes people like Brannon to say, hey, where's the, let's go here. Where's the info on this? I, I would assume most of the media here is calling the police. I would hope anyway, that should be in the morning file immediately. Yeah. They call to see if there's any updates. Yeah, definitely. I would hope. And so I don't know well, this, where it's sitting. The uh, Pioneer Press of the two papers Mm-hmm. had the most thorough story about it. The uh, Star Tribune ran a few paragraphs. Uh, where's the Star Tribune story? I just had it. God almighty, I'm so tired of losing it around. Here it is. A man was struck and killed by a light rail train in downtown Minneapolis early Saturday after he fell off the platform during a fight with another man. According to police, about 1 a.m. Saturday, authorities received reports of a man who was trapped and injured at the Hennepin County Warehouse District train station near Fifth Avenue and uh, near Fifth Street and First Avenue. So that would have been the heart and the heart of the nightlife district, as it were. Investigators said the man fell onto the tracks and into the path of an oncoming train during a physical altercation. He was struck by the train and pronounced dead at the scene. Forensic scientists from the police department processed the scene and collected evidence homicide detectives are investigating. The man's identity and cause and nature of death will be released by the Hennepin County Medical Examiner's Office. Perhaps today, for example. Yeah. Yeah. And that's about the same if not, maybe a paragraph more. Well, here I have it. Star Tribune had it. Uh, no, that's a different story. Never mind. No. Uh, th- that's that's about that's the most uh, any news outlet in the Twin Cities has had is right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. Right there. Okay. So. And they didn't need a picture of the guy laying under the train to. Well, they didn't uh, provide a photo of that. Right. No. Well, I, I'm one. unclear as to what. I doubt they might have even had one. You don't have newspaper photographers out on light rail platforms at 1 a.m. But I guarantee you they wouldn't have printed it. Yeah, probably. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. Well, we can uh, we can move on. It's a, it's a shame. The guy got up that morning and thought he'd be alive, and Oof. he's trapped under a light rail train. And I, I don't mean to be... Uh, what do I? I'm terribly curious how they got him out. Well, I, I, I don't. It wasn't a crane. Could we call? Could you call? Well, they backed the train up, Joe, and they took him out. In well, two Kenny, pieces. if you back the train up, uh, he, he's already gone. Joe, the damage is already. He's done. gone. He's gone. 
They're not going to bring in a crane to lift up the train. We can go now. Nice. Well, you can't. You can't tag me because you can block. You can't untag me. You're it. There's a man who spends hours <laughs> in hardware stores. I'll give you sifting through the nuts you. and bolts. I've got. Joe Sushi. I've got 400 trained dogs walking my property right now. <laughs> I have baby alligators on a leash <laughs> that I stole from Monty. Oh. That I tagged on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, I'll tag them on Facebook. Can we do the show? They're a little moon, more loyal. Moon, 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 moon <laughs> motorsports. Moon. Known to us power sports nuts as the most exciting showroom in the region. It's a cathedral of motorsports, 11 major brands in-house, the service and parts departments that can help you get the most out of your machines. Moon's, uh, Moon's newest lineup, Gas Gas, dirt and trail riding bikes. You can discover all that Gas Gas has to offer. Schedule a demonstration up at Moon today and be entered to win a Gas Gas prize pack. I know a lot of you may not have heard of them. They've been around forever, a long, interesting history, and are very, very competitive right now in all sorts of off-road competitions. So they're a major player. Um, if adventure riding is what gets you there, then you've got to check out this new Ducati Multistrata V4S with electronically controlled semi-active suspension, blind spot warning indicators, and vehicle hold control. The V4S it's in stock right now at Moon. Stop in, check it out. But word of warning, give yourself plenty of time because there's a lot of two-wheeled fun to absorb up in that Moon showroom. They are Moon Motorsports just off 94, 25 minutes west of the Twin Cities and on the web, moonmotorsports.com. I'm about to say something hmm. that will you would have thought I would never say. Really? Mm. But it's in keeping with my theory. Okay. Minneapolis, <clears throat> you will regret losing Andrea Jenkins. <laughs> it's come to that. I, I, those words, that phrase, I never would have thought was going to come out of your mouth in a hundred years. When we said years ago... You'll always regret the fellow just defeated in an election. No matter yeah. how bad they seem to be, yep. it's coming true all the time. And this is a doozy. The We learned last week, or I certainly did, uh, just how important the DFL endorsement is in races in Minneapolis, yes. for example. yes. A lot of power. And in Ward 8, Andrea Jenkins, who cross, it checks every box you can find. Every Black, single one. transgender, <laughs> leftist. She ain't left enough <laughs> because the DFL gave its endorsement. She's the city council president. Mm -hmm. And the DFL endorsement in Ward 8, I believe she's Ward 8, went to Soren Stevenson who is, according to the Star Tribune, considered more liberal than the moderate Jenkins. Wow. Imagine that. Jenkins in the Star Tribune is being called a moderate. Wow. Isn't this something? <clears throat> Soren Stevenson, about whom we'll learn more in a moment, earned the party endorsement during a virtual convention Saturday. Uh, today's results are not what we worked hard for, Jenkins said. She plans to stay in the race. 
I don't think she could win if this guy got the endorsement. I will continue to fight for equity, transparency, and progress for the people of Ward 8 and be your champion and voice for a stronger Minneapolis. And that ain't enough. Mm-hmm. That's, not, that's not crazy enough. That's not left enough. All 13 city council seats will be on the ballot. Ballot. The candidate filing period begins August 1. Uh, much of the effort is surrounded seeking the endorsement of the DFL, an important seal of approval in the overwhelmingly Democratic city. Legally, endorsements mean nothing. The city's ranked choice elections are technically nonpartisan. And can, yeah, we know all that. Jenkins, Jenkins is, a, is generally aligned with the moderate, narrow majority on the city council and the little guy, Fry, who is considered a moderate. <laughs> Stevenson, who is endorsed by the Twin Cities chapter of the Democratic Socialists of America, is further left. It's clear that Ward 8 is ready for new leadership to bring about real transformational change, Stevenson said. Wow. In addition to 2017, Jenkins got that DFL endorsement in 2021. Now does not have the endorsement, which I can only presume means that Soren Stevenson will win. He lost an eye. I'm sorry for that. He lost an eye during the George Floyd riots when he was struck by a rubber projectile. And he won $2.5 million from the city. Holy crap. Mm -hmm. I'm a renter, a policy advocate, and a survivor of police violence. Mm -hmm. I'm running for city council in Ward 8 because I know firsthand that our current system isn't working. My story and our story of the last three years shows why we need transformational change. Mm -hmm. And he goes on and on. You know, it's not that the city is turning towards socialism. It's a socialist city. Mm -hmm. It's already there. The fear of turning has long passed. I will fight alongside you so that we can live in a city where people are treated with respect, where everyone has a place to sleep at night, and where our communities have clean air and sustainable future well, to look a- forward a- to. Andrea believes all that. Right. I don't think she liked clean air. Was that what it was? <laughs> that was the tipping point. You think she's a dirty air person? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I, I went to an outlet called Southwest Voices. Kenny, was that the neighborhood newspaper where you used to oh, live? Oh, I don't think it was Voices, was it? I don't know. It was, it was Southwest. It's, a, it's um, a commie-run newspaper. I think he's out of business, though. Well, this is uh, dated today. Oh. This, this piece is dated today. It's a long interview with Soren Stevenson. Uh, you know, Southwest asked him, what made you want to run? And he said, what drives me is that I graduated from the Humphrey School of Public Affairs. Well, that's a bad sign right there. What did he learn there? He learned how to fix a car? And a week later, George Floyd was killed. Then, like so many others, I wasn't going to sit by and let another murder happen without doing or saying anything. I didn't want to let him down. Like so many others, I was out protesting. And a week in, MPD shot me in the face and I lost my left eye and sense of smell. All right. I think you think of the Southwest Journal, Joe. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. My profession is housing policy. What? What is that? I've been working at a nonprofit that does housing co-ops. I don't work there anymore. Well, okay. Doesn't have to. We got two and a half million dollars from the city. I was working at a building that's on Pillsbury in the 30s. 
He's referring to the street number. When the owner told the residents he was going to sell the... Uh, uh, what happened here? Oh, God. Sell the building. This city keeps going out of its way to harm residents and being on the side of big corporations. Well, keep it up, Soren, and they're really, seriously, there just won't be any corporations to pick on anymore. And officers, uh, and officers who are not accountable or do not have the interests of the community at heart, okay. Uh, I'm just, uh, I'm scanning this. Uh, how do you feel about the Minneapolis Police Department? He thinks, well, they have done me wrong. Uh he doesn't like the fact that the city attorney's office uh, fought him tooth and nail on his suit, on his lawsuit. Uh, the police department is just the ones that carry the guns. Uh, beyond the police department not being accountable to residents and not treating everyone, including our black and brown and indigenous neighbors, with respect and dignity, which is BS. Other city departments don't view their job to be servants of the people who live in Minneapolis. That's true, but I have more to say about that. I'm, I'm going to pause right there. Doesn't it stand to reason if you keep electing socialists that it's only a matter of time before all city services break down. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, by that I mean what incentive does uh, Soren Stevenson have to hire the country's best water engineer to work in the water utility? These jobs are going to end up going to essentially incompetent people. It's already happening. Right now, they're being run by competent people. St. Paul has a, you want a nice glass of water? You can get a glass of water in St. Paul. Yeah. How long are before we become Jackson, Mississippi, where the water treatment plant and all of the hydration dynamics go into producing water for the citizens? How long before that falls into disarray? Because someone's in place that should not have been qualified. I think that's an insult to Jackson, Mississippi, and I'm not kidding. We, we already have a public works director that's clueless. Well, Jackson, Mississippi, though, they don't have water. Right. They let it go. But you yeah. see what I'm saying. I do, but it, you're, you're wrong. Okay. It has nothing to do with <laughs> that. Uh, I'll get back to you in a moment. Uh, in the meantime, you go to the cloakroom. And just put your jacket on, and you go outside for a while. Feel shame for a recess, and feel shame, young man. Uh, you know, Department of Public Works, the water uh, uh, utility. These are the right now. These are still people who know what they do. Uh, how long before that vanishes? Look, look at what happened. When the uh, when the city installed some director of equity and, and inclusion, clearly unqualified, who tried to throw that black expo uh, celebration in the convention center and then ended up lying about it, not having enough money to bring it about and really not knowing what the hell they were doing. Right. Allegedly. Well, isn't it inevitable that that's the future? When you are 
selecting from a pool of candidates ones who have never done anything except be in the pool of candidates. This guy says he was he's a housing activist as a profession, but he's not doing that anymore. Meaning we don't know what he's doing, but but he, he won a big hunk of money from the from the city. For all I know, he's living off that. I have no idea. Uh, what more? It's a long piece. Southwest Voices is to be commended. Uh, What's to say that we're not already there now, Joe? I mean, we they can't get their act together to find a place for the third precinct. That's true. You know? Uh you have a background in housing policy. How would you wish to change the city's housing policies? Well, then he answers, everyone deserves a dignified place to call home. That's not an answer. That's my guiding star. That includes both the dignity of the place. There's a lot that goes into dignity. It needs to be accessible from a cost standpoint. It needs to be accessible if you're handicapped. It needs to be a place you have control or a sense of trust your future. I support a tenant opportunity to purchase policy. Where if you live somewhere and the owner wants to sell it, you get a chance to buy it. I would think that already exists. Mm -mm. No owner is going to turn down a tenant's offer if the tenant's offer is in uh, keeping with what the owner is trying to get for the property. Right. Well, so that what what's new about that? What the market will bear. Uh, how do you feel about rent control? I'm for strong rent control. Uh, he wants a cap on uh, whatever. He's a renter, but it, it seems like he doesn't understand what it takes to be a landlord or an owner. Is no concept as to the expense involved there. No. The responsibilities. And to be honest with you, Joe, he's, he seems like a complete idiot. But those are my words. He wants more transit. Of course he does. Because, you know, we need more places to get stabbed and buy drugs. What do you think of George Floyd Square? And he says, the city is in a listening process. I have been disappointed with the lack of general conversation. I know the meetings, which they, so, which they call co-creation meetings, have been going on. I feel a lot of people in and around the square feel like they have not been part of that conversation. Uh, Southwest Voices. Works, uh, public works was one of the big issues people identified as one they wanted to focus our coverage on. Are there any public works policies you would push to change, be it snow removal or anything else? And he answers, I'm really curious to see if we can get a study on municipal sidewalk shoveling. <laughs> he just does. What about the incredible amount of money they spent last year on snow removal, the streets? I think the city should almost certainly take over the pedestrian priority network. It's 300 miles. Our sidewalks are a public good, not a summertime luxury. The Bancroft neighborhood has a shoveling program. They have a goal of shoveling the entire neighborhood. I'm hoping to connect with them about what they're doing and what they're seeing. I'm very curious to see how we can get the entire city shoveled to the level it needs to be shoveled. Yeah, who's going to pay for that? Well, Slick? Well, whoever's left in town. Whoever's still paying. Uh, he has a vision. Uh, Out of, well, no, I'm... He wants the city to be kinder and safer. That's a very safe vision to have. I, I have the same vision. 
Uh, it wants everybody treated with dignity. Okay. Uh, we aren't getting to the place with the current leadership we have. So the current leadership we have, I don't think I'm unreasonable in saying, is not nearly radical enough. Right. Not nearly left enough. That is so dangerous. Yeah, that mayor, is, he's a right-wing nut, isn't he? Yeah. What's something about <laughs> you as a person that you don't think a lot of people may know? And he answers, my parents were missionaries. All right. Hmm. Uh, any other issues we didn't cover that you want to talk about? And Sorensen says, well, we really didn't cover the fact that we're in a climate crisis. Well, we're not, but people like you think we are. Or that we're in a pollution crisis. Only in certain neighborhoods, though. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Not everywhere? <laughs> no. Okay. No. Select. I think we here, need to address our environmental justice issues and the environmental crisis head on. I support the urban farm at East Phillips because that's very communist. I think that the neighborhood in North Minneapolis has been burdened with pollution. I think it's time we listen to those neighborhoods about asthma and heart issues and what industrial rate waste has been going to their neighborhoods and to our planet. All right. I want Minneapolis where we have healthy people and a healthy planet. So uh, he's your new Ward 8 candidate. He has got the DFL endorsement. That means he's your new Ward 8 endorsement. Hmm. I'm sorry, your new Ward 8 representative. Uh, re yes. Which is uh, hard to believe. It's not hard to believe. It's becoming less hard to believe. I got I'm telling Reavers this before the show, and he disagreed with me, but he's more than entitled to. I, I used to think, we, we've always said here on the show, well, we're going down the tools because people are apathetic. I think we're going down the tools because this is what people want. I think the voters of Minneapolis in Ward 8, for example, this is what they want. They want this guy. What percentage? Seriously. They don't want me to walk they in might, and say, you've got to work for your you, food. You misunderstood my point, though. They might want this guy, but they have no idea voting for this guy is going to result in X, Y, and Z. What percentage? Sure not, they do. They're not informed enough. Sure they do. He's got the endorsement of the Socialist Democrat Party. They know perfectly well what they're getting. It's not going to be 100% that want this guy, but what percentage do you think of Ward 8 people would want this 75%. guy? 75%. Wow. I love how he mentions two neighborhoods that aren't in Ward 8, mm -hmm. North Minneapolis and East Phillips. Mm -hmm. Concerned about those. My new garage door guy is a family-owned guy, a family-owned business. Precision garage door of the Twin Cities. They're my new people. I've met them. i got to have them over for that inspection. Listen, GLers, and you have to identify as a GLer, you're running out of time. For the month of May, you get a hold of Precision Garage Door Twin Cities, and they'll provide you an $85 value garage door inspection for free. They're not trying to sell you anything. Garage doors can break at any time. These guys are available 24-7. They don't charge more for weekend visits. Let them come to your place. Check out your garage door. They check out the springs, the rollers, the door itself, your opener. It's a 25-point safety inspection. If you're a GLer, it's free, and, and you can count on this. They're, they're not trying to sell you anything. They don't want to spend a lot of time at your house if there's nothing wrong. 
And when they fix your garage door, they fix it right the first time because they, they're busy. They don't want to have to come back. They want to take care of done. you. They want to take care of you correctly and move on. It's Precision Garage Door. They serve the metro and western Wisconsin. Precision Garage Door Twin Cities. They fix garage doors right. Get help online immediately at precisiondoormn.com. Logic Town Council member. Here's what you're missing. I need a binder. Anybody got a binder? <laughs> Does that mean rubber band? Yes. Uh, one day he was doing that in, in Maplewood. <laughs> he was looking for a rubber band and he was walking around. Hey, I need a binder. Anybody got a binder around here? And I said, what's a binder? You know, those stretchy things that keep things together. <laughs> I mean, a rubber band? No, a binder. It was, yeah. a, it was a, not a fight we had, but it was a, I call it a rubber band. No, Rook, it's a binder. I had the same thing happen to me the job I had when I was out of radio. The boss asked me for a binder. I had no idea what he was talking about. He goes, you know, a rubber binder. I thought a binder is a three-ring thing that you Yeah, like a, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Me too. And this guy told me it's a Minnesota thing, but obviously it's not if you guys all call them rubber bands. Yeah. I'm sorry, John, but you're greatly mistaken. Go behind the scenes of Garage Logic with unfiltered audio and video access, invites to exclusive events, an emailed newsletter from the mayor himself, and more by signing up at garagelogic.com. If you want the best lawn on the block, you've obviously got to go with ProfessionalTurf.com. They've been doing it since 82. And if you're looking to maximize your outdoor living space this summer, ProTurf has that covered too. ProTurf's landscaping division will work with you to design your landscape project using digital photography and imaging software so you can see how it'll look in full color before the work even starts. ProTurf specializes in the installation of, well, everything landscaping related trees shrubs perennials rock sod plus they can do concrete pavers or natural stone patios fire pits retaining walls you name it pro turf can get it done for you the best lawn in the neighborhood and amazing outdoor environments you can see all of their work at professionalturf.com it's the end of the world as we know it and he feels fine joe Souchere. John Height in the newsroom. Yeah. Oh, thank you, Chris and Joe and, and all concerned. I got carried away by the tune. I That's could tell you were happens. playing drums. Was, yeah. was that the band? That sounded like the band. That was the was, Dylan band. Dylan Height and Dylan Reese. Uh, I did look something up before, because, Joe, I think you're on the right track there, that that's what the people want, probably, mm -hmm. uh, for voting. Mm -hmm. Ward 8, last election, mm -hmm. Andrew Jenkins, who isn't that much different than whatever his name is, Soren. Soren uh, Stevenson. Yeah. Uh, she got 86% of the vote yeah. in Ward 8. So, yeah, I think you're right. I think you're on the right track. So what they that, want. That's what they want. So, there you go. Uh, in news, boy, we got a lot of legislative news. Well, we? I think we probably do, Johnny. A $3 billion tax bill. Is that with a B, Back, John? That's with a B, yes. Backed by the Democratic farmer labor lawmakers has been passed. It's on its way to becoming law. It's on its way to the governor. Mm -hmm. In the next two years... 
The tax bill creates $2 billion in cuts, $1 billion in new taxes, $900 million or so on items like local government aid and property tax refunds. Backers say it'll help reduce child poverty. In the next four years, it would create $4 billion in tax relief and $2.2 billion in new taxes. Uh, Don't forget, all of this comes with $17.9 billion in the surplus in the state of Minnesota. The final tax bill passed the Senate on a 34-33 party line vote Sunday after passing in the House the night before on a 69-63 vote. That was, yes, also along party lines. Minnesota will see billions in new taxes in addition to the cuts touted by DFLers. It includes $1.1 billion in one-time direct payments to more than 2.5 million Minnesota tax filers. So if you earn up to seventy-eight grand and you're a single filer, you'll get a $260 check. Joint filers. Big money, big money. Joint filers earning up to one hundred and fifty grand will get that $520 check. And households would get $260 for each dependent, up to three for a maximum total of $1,300. Wow. Uh, those checks are significantly smaller than the original base of 1000 for single filers and two grand for joint filers proposed by Governor Tim Walls last year and... Less than amounts initially passed both in the Senate and House bills in the first place. Who's GOP lawmakers lawmakers say the tax bill and other DFL-backed programs will create about $10 billion in new taxes in the next four years. Well, DFL lawmakers dispute the GOP's count. What's certain is that between the tax bill and other legislation like a new paid family and medical leave program, Minnesotans will see billions of dollars in new taxes in addition to cuts touted by DFLers. Social Security income tax will be eliminated for about three-quarters of the people who get the benefit in Minnesota. The tax would be fully eliminated for single filers earning up to seventy-eight grand and joint filers earning up to $100,000 a year. That is adjusted income, by the way. From that point, it would completely phase out at $118,000 for single filers and 144 joint filers. It'll cost the state about $1.2 billion over the next four years, the Social Security part of it, and it'll affect about 300,000 people who now get Social Security payments in Minnesota. That is, that's crazy. Um, now, I have a couple of numbers, Johnny, sure. related to that. I always forget how to pronounce his last name. Is it Garofalo. Pat Garofalo? With the tax increases the DFL enacted this week, here are the new sales tax rates that you will be paying. Dakota County, 8.1, Anoka, 8.1, Washington, 8.3, St. Paul, 8.875, and in Minneapolis, 9.025%. Winners! Minneapolis won. Minneapolis won. Edge out St. Paul. Edge out St. Paul, damn it. You know what that means. Not high enough. That's right. St. Paul. Now St. Paul's got to go higher. That is insane. Both the House and Senate also voted yesterday to pass a transportation spending package that budgets $7.8 billion for roads, transit, airports, and more over the next two years. Uh, It passed 69-61 to in the House, 34-32 in the Senate. Representative Aaron Kogel, a DFLer from Spring Lake Park, said the state would face a $30 billion transportation shortfall over the next 20 years if the transportation bill was not approved. What are you doing with the money you're already taking from us? God, what a bunch of snakes. 
Some of the projects funded under the new spending bill include almost $195 million for a Northern Lights Expressway passenger rail between yeah, the Twin God, Cities. Oh, my God. Duluth. Oh, Jesus, we need that. Oh, can't live without it. $50 million for an extension of the Metro Transit Blue Line into the northwest <laughs> suburbs. So they're just spending it on garbage. They just, they're... Uh, on ideas. Uh, Walter Hudson described that it was either Walter or Harry who it said they quite literally are drunk with power. Wow. They're drunk with power. What does any of this have to do with the roads? They're what behaving like they're drunk. What about that pothole on the freeway that every time I hit it, my uh, my car alarm goes off? Well, you file a claim for that. <laughs> Incidentally, they fixed all the potholes in my neighborhood this morning. I'm very happy. Well, thank you, Democrats. Thank you. Among, <laughs> among the more controversial measures included in this legislation are a gas tax increase indexed to inflation and a new 50-cent fee on retail deliveries totaling more than $100. Food, including from restaurants, medical supplies, and baby products, are exempt from the new delivery fee. It's also reduced from the 75-cent fee originally proposed in the House. There's also a 75-cent metro area sales tax increase meant to fund public transportation. This is Popeye. This is Popeye. just talking about. Some House Republicans, like uh, Representative Nolan West of Blaine, did not support the tax increases. Well, the state has that $17.5 billion surplus. Whose fault Go- is that? Governor Wall said Sunday he supports the transportation budget bill and will sign it as soon as it reaches his desk. All of this, by the way, would start taking effect January 1 of 2024. Speaking of that, Johnny, uh, Pat Garofalo also said this yesterday. Minnesota is bleeding an increasing amount of wealth to other states. Here is the amount of adjusted gross income Minnesota has lost to other states via negative migration. 2017, 215 mil. 18, 703 mil. 2019, 917 million. 2020, 1.2 billion. 2021, 1.56 billion. I cannot wait to see what that number is for 2022. That's the yearly loss from people moving away? Yes. Really? Yes. We. I think you were gone when we discussed Those it. numbers. Is that what he's recruiting Floridians? Well, and there was also a, a piece um, in the Minnesota Reformer that he also uh, sent out basically saying Minnesota to allow all undocumented residents to enroll in Minnesota schools. Or sorry, enroll in Minnesota care, not Minnesota schools. Excuse me. So, yeah, that's the money that's bleeding out of the state, Kenny. And I can't wait wow. to see what 2022's number might be. Wow. The Click It or Ticket campaign is now underway in both Minnesota and Wisconsin. Extra seatbelt patrols come as summer travel picks up. We'll be out through Sunday, June 4th. Authorities with the uh, Minnesota Department of Public Safety say last year 87 people died and more than 1,200 seriously injured in crashes while they were not wearing seatbelts. A ticket for not wearing your seatbelt in Minnesota can cost you more than $100. Hamlin University. Remember this story? Sure do. The response to a Muslim student's art class complaint last fall violated the professor's academic freedom, according to a new report today by the American Association of University Professors. The faculty membership organization visited the school here in St. Paul in February and interviewed numerous school administrators, faculty, and others after widespread news coverage about the use of ancient art depicting the Prophet Muhammad. Aware that some... 
Muslims take offense to visual depictions of the Prophet. The professor, Erica Lopez Prater, warned students about the content on her World Art Class syllabus and again before showing the art during an online lesson. Despite all of that, a student who viewed the art complained to Hamlet administrators who went on to criticize Prater's decision in multiple statements and withdrew an offer to have her teach again in the spring. The report said the committee can only speculate about the reason for the decision not to reappoint Professor Prater, but circumstantial evidence strongly suggests that it was directly and solely a consequence of what transpired through the October 6th class meeting. Prater's use of art was justifiable and appropriate, according to the report, and said administration was wrong to characterize the decision as inconsiderate, disrespectful, and Islamophobic. Not that no, it matters. Wasn't. No, it wasn't. Not that it matters. That's what they said, yeah. I wonder for what reason did she have to show the picture? Well, she's a teacher. She was showing them art. a visual? Yeah, okay. you got some art there. Okay. Yeah. She's probably was, a commie, and I hope she bankrupts the school. <laughs> and the St. Paul City Council will host a public hearing at 5.30 on Wednesday on that resolution to support the proposed regional bikeway that would travel along nearly five miles of Summit Avenue, popular parkway corridor that traverses multiple historic districts and the governor's residence. The prospect of an elevated bike trail protected by curb or parking has drawn strong feelings up and down the corridor and beyond. Opponents have pointed to the possibility of heavy tree loss, parking loss, and a change in the historic character of the avenue, the longest residential stretch of Victorian mansions in the nation. They're going to ruin it because they're idiots and they don't do anything that's that's classy. What do they The mean? left doesn't do anything classy. Elevated. They're pigs. Elevated like the monorail? A couple feet above the grade. City officials have sought to convince residents that a badly needed street reconstruction will impact trees anyway, and adding bike amenities won't make considerable difference. They've said an all-ages bike trail will invite new users, help calm traffic, and create a better environment for pedestrians while also reducing transportation. Yeah, by calming traffic, they mean piss everybody off to the point of blind rage. That's what they mean by calming traffic. They say it would also reduce transportation-based carbon emissions. Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, we don't know that. <laughs> and bolster east-west bike access from downtown St. Paul to Mississippi River Boulevard. It's a five-month bike season. It gets too much attention for five months long. Uh, let's take a quick break and hear from our buddy, putting on his glasses, the rookie. I am putting on my glasses. That reason, I can see the Minnesota Masonic Charities website mnmasoniccharities.org and again the history of this outfit is wonderful uh they've got all sorts of different services they do philanthropy leadership student scholarships and they're here in garage logic to let everybody know about it they want to tell you uh, their history they want to show you that they're helping kids with their scholarships and the scholarship program for this year has been closed so if you'd like to look ahead to 2024 go ahead and do that What's These the guys, difference between an org and a com? They're a dot org. Uh, they're uh, I what's think an org? It's nonprofit. Oh, yeah. So it's like uh, mnmasoniccharities.org. Yeah, and they are a wonderful outfit. And yes, of course, they would like you to make a donation at some point in your life. But they're not asking for that. They're asking for you to check out. These are the guys that had the picnic table in the barn. They're the original garage logicians. 
And they're here for you to learn about, and they're here to help you as well. If you'd like to call them, you have some questions about their outfit, they'd love to answer. 952-948-6200. There's so much more to come this year on Garage Logic with Minnesota Masonic Charities. You're going to love what you learn, uh, but poke around their website to get a little sneak peek. mnmasoniccharities.org, and let them know that you heard it from the Garage Logicians on the podcast. It's the end of the world as we know it, and he feels fine. Joe Souchere. There's a couple of Toro Time Cutter Zero Turn mowers on sale at Tri-State Bobcat, Little Canada, Hudson, Burnsville, and soon to be St. Croix Falls that you should probably run some numbers here and give this some serious thought if you're in the market. The 54-inch Time Cutter, my ride suspension, $48.99. Toro's going to go ahead and slash $200 off that with a rebate. Tri-State Bobcat comes along with another $200 rebate. That gives you $42.99 out the door. But this other one's pretty good. It's a 50-inch time cutter, $38.99. You get an instant rebate, 100 bucks, so $37.99. But there's a whole bunch of warranty piled on top of that. Uh, Tri-State Bobcat, excuse me, Tri-State Bobcat is a special five-year warranty and Toro Total Care Warranty Extension. That's a $460 value alone. This uh, total care allows you for pickup and delivery. If you need service work done, it's fantastic. And up to 30% of reimbursement covered on maintenance items from Toro. So you get this amazing 50-inch time cutter at a pretty good price with so much warranty piled up on top of it. You're not going to have to lift a finger. This is awesome. The Metro's covered with Tri-State. We're talking Hudson, Little Canada, Burnsville. Um, Tri-State has Owatonna covered, Mankeys, and look for Tri-State Bobcat opening soon. Highway 8 in St. Croix Falls. On the web, tristatebobcat.com. I spent the break itching my leg. Did, did you itch scratching it my leg it? because it itches. After years yeah. of not Thank you, dealing yeah. with mosquitoes, they're just everywhere. I can't get over it. I've I mean, never seen anything mosquitoes? like it. Yeah. I, I saw a, my first two yesterday in the backyard. I'll have an important message regarding oh, that. Well, you got motion taking care of you. Yeah. Yeah. Wasn't that on Cheers when they were uh, cheating? I'm scratching my nose because it itches. Coach it itches. was telling Sam. But that was his, his thing to cheat. And he's saying, yeah. I'm scratching yeah. my nose because it itches, not because the timing was right on the the sting. John? Look it up, yeah. yourselves. Something I, no. I must uh, tell you now because we brought it up. If you're not a member of the town council, this will mean nothing to you. Uh, but curdle came from a French word. Curdle as in curdle clink. Uh, it, it came from the word, uh, and Brooke, you could probably handle this better than me, but coronel, I'm assuming, is how it's pronounced. And for some reason, the R stuck around in the pronunciation, even though there's no R in the spelling. And in early English, in fact, in some southern states, it's still pronounced cunnel. Cuddle. So no Cuddle so, knowledge? Cuddle. No, there's an R in that. The cardinal, yeah. In other news, a security guard, one of three people killed in a shooting at a Kansas City bar early Sunday. At shooting also wounded two others, including one critically wounded, according to family members. Uh, the police have not yet identified victims, but one of them apparently a security guard at the lounge. The uh, rapper who performs under the name... Nutty Still Gassin had performed that evening. Huh? Nutty Still Gassin. Still Gassin. Do you have the name of the bar? Uh, I do. It is the Climax Lounge. Uh, spelled with a K. 
I'm correct. never going into a place called the Climax Lounge. I I've might heard. take a peek. I might take a peek. I'm in never there. going in there. See what's behind the curtain. No. Kenny, how about you? i got to go in there with a lot of $1 bills. Yes. I'm thinking. Yes. Uh, police <laughs> said two of the victims died at the scene. One was found inside the bar. The other was outside the building in Kansas City. A third victim died at the hospital. Baja. This is a, this is a weird story. Authorities say they're investigating an apparent gunfight at an off-road vehicle rally in Mexico's Baja, California state that left 10 people dead, another 10 wounded. Videos posted on social media showed heavy shooting at the rally in an area of Ensenada and at least three bodies lying on the ground. The shooting, which took place early Saturday afternoon, provoked an intense mobilization of units of the Army, Navy, and state and local police. Baja officials say gunmen in one vehicle opened fire on people and vehicles at the rally. State Prosecutor Ricardo Ivan Carpio said the vehicle was found to have perforations from gunshots and traces of blood inside. The state prosecutor's office said there was evidence of a crossfire, suggesting it was a confrontation between members of organized crime groups. Baja, California, across the border from California, is experiencing at this point intense cartel activity. What a country. Wow. The Baja 500, I think, starts in a week or so from Maybe now. Maybe not now. It's, a, it's a one-way deal. The I one, ain't doing it. The 1,000 is um, both, both ways, down and back. There was a, uh, wasn't there a, a fish taco stand in the Baja? Uh, you know, I'm on the Baja. I'm off the grid. John. You know? The, uh, you ever had an alligator taco? <laughs> you know, I'm growing alligators right now. It's hard sometimes, Joe, you see. Have a stand yeah. at the fair. That's and, white meat, isn't it? And the Baja, the Baja State Fair is an experience. It's that tail meat that's so good, right? Yeah. The NAACP on Saturday issued a travel advisory for Florida, saying that under Governor Ron DeSantis, the state has become, quote, openly hostile toward African-Americans, people of color, and the LGBTQ individuals. No, NAACP, that's not really the case, no, but... No. but uh, but the truth and doesn't really no, matter, does it, Joe? No, no. The NAACP is now the third organization to do this in the past week. They joined the League of United Latin American Citizens, a civil rights organization that issued a Florida travel warning on Wednesday, and Equality Florida, a gay rights advocacy group that issued one last month. The NAACP's travel advisory does not explicitly recommend against travel to Florida, but it urges travelers to be aware of the state's politics. And the organization said the governor and state of Florida have shown that African-Americans are not welcome in the state of Florida. The NAACP said in a statement on Saturday, the travel advisory was in direct response to Governor DeSantis's aggressive attempts to erase black history and to restrict diversity, equity, and inclusion programs in Florida schools. Advisory comes after DeSantis last week signed legislation defunding diversity programs at the state's public universities and colleges. The advisory also cites concerns with a number of other laws recently uh, passed in Florida. The governor's office did not respond to news organizations asking for comment. Quite a few, then, of unwelcome people were at the Miami-Boston game last night. In mm. basketball, quite a few unwelcome people. Celtics are rolled over like a dead dog. Watching unwelcome people play for Miami. <laughs> what Disney World should do is pull up stakes and move. Yeah. That's what they should do. Well, they already did with the, the one thing they were going to build. <laughs> That's gone. Uh, Pete Brown, we have a, a music death, sort of, I guess. He was a poet, John. He was a poet, mm -hmm. and uh, he helped co-write some of Cream's 
most well-known songs, including White Room and Sunshine of Your Love. He died at the age of 82. Brown's death Friday followed what was called a courageous battle with cancer on his official Facebook page. Uh, Brown's work with the first real poetry band featuring legendary jazz guitarist John McLaughlin brought him to the attention of cream drummer Ginger Baker, who enlisted Brown as a writing partner ahead of the supergroup's 1966 debut album, Fresh Cream. Uh, Brown instead found better chemistry working with bassist Jack Bruce, first resulting in their first single, I Feel Free. Over the course of Cream's next three albums, Brown continued to contribute lyrics to what became some of Cream's best-known songs, Sunshine of Your Love, White Room, Politician, Deserted Cities of the Heart, uh, sun- uh, doing that scrapyard thing. Both Sunshine of Your Love and White Room later named the Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs of All Time list. As Brown later revealed, the White Room was where he lived after a period of semi-homelessness and where he both kicked his drug and alcohol issues as well as honed his poetry toward songwriting. If I die of cancer, will one of you guys promise me that the obit will not say he died after a battle with cancer? Make it, he died after a battle against cancer. It drives me nuts. It's a small point, but it drives me nuts. Yeah, we're probably not going to do that. It's probably going to be something like, cancer kicked his ass. (laughs) (laughs) And he didn't try fighting it He didn't do anything. He didn't fight or anything. We had to listen to him whine. He started smoking again. (laughs) Cancer still. What we can actually do is have Patrick write and you you can say, Joe had pancreatic cancer. What's coming up on the ride? You don't battle with it. You battle against it. Versus. It's a versus. What what did did I say with? Well, you didn't write it. Everyone says with. It's against. The word is against. I am against cancer. That's right. Now battle. I'm not going to lie, going back to Pete, I always hated most of Cream's lyrics. Love well, the music. Little, well, uh, you know what? I'm really top. relieved that you said that because I don't like any of those songs, and I wasn't. Um, I was. Well, I, I like the songs just because of the music, but the the lyrics, lyrics are just ooh. stupid. Well, I was just going to ask: Our sunshine, uh, your love, and the other one, uh, worthy of the top 500? White room. Oh yeah. Well, probably yeah. Just yeah. but just because of the music. No. I mean, I wouldn't. Hell no. Okay. I, yeah, I'd have a hard... You know, if I had to make a list of 500, which would be impossible. I'm not voting. They were all dopey. Bunch of, of dope. junkies and yeah, both in their room. ass with both hands. Yeah. Completely. <laughs> yeah, what you guys said. A 74-year-old musician has finally received his high school diploma. The reason he couldn't get it in the 70s, or 60s, I'm sorry. He was expelled because of the length of his hair. Ooh. Otis Taylor wasn't able to walk or graduate from Manual High School in Denver, Colorado in 1966 because of the school's policy at the time. Taylor said, I used to go to school with fringed leather jackets and shirts and beaded moccasins, so I always kind of stood out. But then they just came up with this hair thing. The hair had to be close on the sides. You could wear it on the top as big as you wanted, like James Brown if you wanted, but it had to be really close on the sides. Taylor says when they told him it was his hair or a diploma, he said, I decided to leave. Mom wasn't happy, and Dad was livid, he recalled. Taylor said the school's plans to make amends to several students for the hair policy started to come together during the pandemic. He said it took a little time to put it all together, but the school did a nice job. Taylor said he's received calls from other students who were also kicked out at the same time for having long hair. He said, I'm getting a lot of Facebook messages from people that had the same situation. I think about those people, you know, maybe who didn't do so well. Maybe they're living in places they shouldn't be. I don't know. 
I hope they did okay. Was he a famous musician? No. I don't, uh, not that I'm aware of. It's anyway. amazing he made the news, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was kind of wondering about that myself. Yep. An old man changed his shirt in Montana. Oh. I heard it was a blue shirt. He did change from a blue shirt right. to a green shirt. Got it. Yeah. You know, you guys really know how to kill fun. Yeah. <laughs> You're fun killers. Guy That's finally gets his if diploma. You, if you deal. guys have a band, call them the fun killers. The okay. fun killers. That would be good. Buzz Killington. Buzz Killington. And... I've got to check every story now. Make sure is this newsworthy? I'm not sure. And it's tough probably not. It's yeah. tough with kickers, man. Really tough. The wife of Sonoma County Sheriff Eddie Ingram arrested on suspicion of drunk driving after crashing into a house and injuring a person in the home. There's a couple of things about this story I think you'll like. I hope it's better than the guy with the hair problem. Ingram. <laughs> said in a Facebook post, last night my wife was involved in a DUI crash. Her car hit a house causing damage. One person inside the home was injured. As it should be, she was arrested and is facing a DUI-related charge. Ingram said he was compelled to re reveal that his wife had been arrested. Uh, now, here's where it gets fun. Right. Uh, this happened at 1 in the morning. 58-year-old Lori Johnson said she was sitting in her recliner in her living room in her Santa Rosa home watching her favorite soap operas mm -hmm. when she heard the sound of a car engine and then headlights came crashing through her wall. Ooh. Johnson said, I'm still kind of in shock. There was a massive boom. My television is a 75 or 80-inch TV, and it was coming right toward me. With debris and two-by-fours and nails, I got pinned to my chair with my little dog next to me just screaming. Mm -hmm. The Tesla Model 3 crashed into the front of her house. The driver identified as the wife of Ingram, 47-year-old Natasha Whittinghill. Uh, Johnson was taken by ambulance to the hospital. She hurt her knees a bit and had cuts on her body. Uh, neighbor's doorbell captured all of this. Uh, the fun, other fun part is Whittinghill was visibly intoxicated when she got out of her vehicle. Neighbors came over to help, but she got belligerent with them and started walking away and fell right into the bushes. Ah, and what you, happened to you, the dog? You say that uh, this woman who was struck was watching soap operas at she one was watching in the morning? Soap. Yeah, she probably taped them, would uh -huh. be my guess. But they're not on at that hour. No. no, I'm sure she taped them. Yeah. By the way, speaking of TV, Joe, yeah. I, I had somebody write me an email. Said They, they want to know if that UN streaming, is that a bit? Because nobody can really not understand. I'm afraid, I'm afraid it's not. It's uh, not a bit. I'll, no. That's kind of what I answered. So I, I didn't lie to him. I said, no, I, I think it's real. Anybody grill over the weekend? I did. Well, I hope you grilled Grunhofer's meat. You know I did, Joe. Yeah, Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Hugo, right on Highway 61, north of Hugo. I found it. And in Forest Lake on Highway 97, just immediately west of 35. 140 different kind of brats, rookie burgers, town ball meatloaf. Well, it's every kind of meat you can think of. It's just not that stuff. No, Minnesota beef grown from Minnesota. No, it's Minis it's beef from Minnesota farmers yep. grown in Minnesota. So it's not, you know, it's not, it hasn't been on a truck for 14 it's days. It's not coming from New Jersey. This is the real stuff. It's all fresh. And the pork and the chops and the, oh. <clears throat> I, you can't beat a good pork chop. Yeah, but the wall of brats, Great, though, too. thick pork chop. Yeah. The uh, wall of brats, you're going to sit there for 45 minutes and stare. Yeah, because there's a million flavors, 140 different flavors. And uh, let me tell you something. If you have any questions about grilling that stuff, any kind of weird recipe tips yeah, you want, me. you go right to anybody behind oh, the counter. Okay. They, got the, they got the right information. 
to cook this meat. It's the best. GLers continue to meet each other. There's probably been marriages and families born. Meet each other. They meet each other, right. It's Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meat (laughs) on Highway 61, just north of Hugo. It's grilling season. Get to Grunhofer's and Grunhofer's Old Fashioned Meats in Forest Lake on 97, just west of Interstate 35. Big event coming up from the GLers at DK Mags in June. DK Mags is providing a Sig Sauer Try Before You Buy event at the Metro Gun Club on June 3rd from 10 to 5 p.m. Sig Sauer will have a lane at Metro Gun Club and playing for DK Mags customers to try a number of Sig rifles and pistols. Along with this one-day only event, DK Mags will also be offering 10% off on Sig Sauer firearms and accessories and 15% off Sig ammo. And Saturday will be the last day to qualify for the $60 Sig Sauer web store promotion. And if that's not enough, DK Mags will be giving away a Metro Gun Club pistol membership. Just sign up when you try a Sig Sauer on June 3rd. And when you visit DK Mags, be sure to sign up for a chance to win a second membership. Remember, all of the same pricing available at their other location, Monticello Pond and Gun. DK Mags is on Old 8 in New Brighton and on the web. They're at dkmags.com. Hoping for a photo. This guy wears many hats, just not indoors. Joe Suchere. You know the Target, uh, the Target stores. I know. I'm familiar. <laughs> they sell uh, kids' bathing suits now to accommodate uh, trans situations. Uh, they got a the swimsuit area. Uh, is redesigned. Oh, whoa! It's got a, it's got a, it's got a means to. Uh, it's got a flap. Well, it's a flap that folds in the. Uh, like that Elmer Fudd thing. Huh? The Elmer Fudd thing. What? No, it, it, you can tuck the male unit. Oh. Into it, but it's a girl's swimsuit. Holy crap! And this is kids. It's getting kind of confusing, isn't it? Yeah, and this is kids though. Yeah. They they get their uh, oh my god they've been doing they have the LGBTQ plus three five seven D nine F two K clothing and so you can you can if so your little guy Whoa. you know your six Literally, year old yeah. says well I'm a girl instead of saying to him well you're not right, uh, you run out to Target and and buy this tuck friendly construction. Got the tuck friendly unit, mm-hmm. and then uh, then you can grow up to be a, a a a guy who pretends to be a girl and defeat everyone in track and field and tennis and swimming, oh. which I I don't abide. I I just think if you're trans, you should have your own tournament. Not your own underwear. Wonder how sales are going at Target. That these things are just flying off the shelf and can hardly keep them in stock. Well, because there's so many. I mean, they're, yeah. they're everywhere. There's so many. Well, you raise an interesting point. Statistically, this applies to about two people. Like <laughs> right. Okay. Right. So, so why in the corporate headquarters are they making this decision? Well, they're making this decision for political reasons. Hundred percent. Just like we went through with the Dodgers, yep. with their uh, drag queen night, which they've wisely canceled. But so there's only one reason Target's doing this. It can't be for money. It has to be. Now, do they think they're for appeasing? Image. Do they think they're appeasing shareholders? 
No, because if I was a shareholder, I would be disappointed. Shareholders want money. No, you know they're taking a loss on this. This is just to show how virtuous they are. Okay, but what's going to happen to the American corporate world when the American corporate world only manufactures things to be politically uh, in tune and not care about their shareholders? Well, then suddenly you don't. These corporations aren't going to be worth anything. Then your stock isn't going to be worth anything, and the mutual fund you've invested in for your retirement isn't going to be worth anything, because these companies are more willing currently to to appease small statistical segments of the population with what seems to me to be scant regard for their shareholders, because they're afraid to say, we're in business for our shareholders. We're in business to make as much money as possible. They can't say that because Soren Stevenson in Ward 8 in Minneapolis would say this is a reason evil corporations have to disappear. People over okay, profits. When the evil corporations disappear, well, what are you going to do for food on your family? Yeah, you're going to be screwed at that point. Target needs to sell this swimming suit like they need a hole in the head. They come for adults, too. I'd, I'd, I'd put on a pair just to try it out. See how it feels. <laughs> yeah, hey, you don't, these new underwears are great. They're I don't swimsuits. know that you have enough to tuck, though, do you? It has extra crotch coverage. <laughs> I'm a <laughs> Silence of the Lambs professional tucker. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be fun to find out where these were made. Suppose these were slapped together in some communist country by child labor. That's a good point. Uh, Target is the latest brand that has gone... Pro- what 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 term did we come up with for woke? Because we're not using woke. Regressives, wasn't it? Well, they've, they've joined the regressives, and they've made this decision to alienate its customer base. I'm reading from some author. That's a good question. Uh, pushing gender ideology into the faces of consumers. 0.6% of the population identify as trans. So I was on to something with my 0. statistical. 0.6. So I was on to something with the, the Dodgers conversation the other day. So if it's 0.6, why is Target pushing... Uh, tuck-friendly swimming suits with extra crotch uh, storage area. Uh, They're they're doing it. The reason they're doing it has nothing to do with why they're a corporation. If I was a buyer for Target, I'd want to jump on uh, an item that's going to go to more than 0.6% of the Well, some guy with checkered pants and yellow shoes walked in. He's a, a seller, and he says, hey, you want some of these? And they think, well, we'll, we'll really look, uh, we'll really look uh, in tune if we, okay. we we sell this BS. So they're selling the BS. So if you're, I'm little... not a Target shopper. The people in my family certainly are. I wish this would be enough for them not to, but it won't affect them. Well, I mean, no, no, keep going. if your little girl is hung like Mr. Ed, I mean, you've got it made here. Then. <laughs> well, you'd have to get to the go. extra crotch coverage. Yeah. 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 Oh, Tuck yeah. that yeah. dork away. Yeah. Fold her right up there yeah. and stick it in the area. I, uh, I yeah. do have an addendum to your Dodger conversation, yeah. too, by the way. Yeah. Uh, now, they're still having their pride night. Dodger Stadium, sure. just, now, just now with these sisters of perpetual indulgence. Yeah. But these sisters have now been invited by the Angels after the Dodgers uninvited them. So they'll be at Anaheim for a ball game. Yeah, but they're not going to perform. Well, they're yeah, they're going to do whatever for Pride Night. They're going for Pride Night. Same thing they were going for the Dodgers. It's a Dodgers Pride Night? It, the, 
No, night, it's a pride night, night for the Angels. They're just well, stealing the Angels. Yeah. It, was for, it was for the Dodgers, too, a pride night that they were supposed to be part of, but they just got rid of them for pride night. They're still going to have the pride night, the Dodgers are. Yeah. But now, because the sisters were uninvited to Dodgers prime or pride night, they have been invited to the Anaheim Angels. I see. Night. Been, awesome. gonna, I'm glad it worked out for them. They're actually going to play there ball? I wonder. Play a game? Yeah. Or? There you go. Yeah. And the Twins lost to those stiffs yesterday. You know that Oreos had a Pride cookies during Pride Month. They had the Pride packaging. Our Oreos? Pink and red or whatever. Oh, oh. Yeah. Only because they come to us. Here it is. All the way from Fernandia, the villages, Florida. On this, from the traveling linemen. On this day in 1888. Joe, today is May 22nd. Minneapolis architect Leroy S. Buffington, the father of the skyscraper, patented a construction method involving a steel skeleton that allowed structures to be built to any height. Wow. Wow. So the skyscraper was right here. Yeah. Right here? Yeah. 1888. Huh. On this day in 1945, post-war, the Rice County Historical Society acquired the Alexander Fairbowl House, which it maintained as a historic site in Fairbowl. I've been there. The house was the first built in Rice County at the confluence of the Cannon and Strait Rivers. I know exactly Cannon. where it is. Tubin. On this day in 2002. Oh, you're going recent. Governor Ventura signed a bill to finance a new baseball stadium for the Twins. The Twins had previously shared the Metrodome Stadium with the Vikings and the University of Minnesota Golden Gopher football team. The new ballpark opened in 2010. That was signed by Jesse. Did I didn't that. know that. It's already Did 13 that. years old. That dump needs mm-hmm. to be replaced. Yeah. Time for a new one. Twins probably wanted as far away from downtown as possible. Let me pause right there. It's a good thing you got U.S. Bank, and it's a good thing you got uh, Target Field, because with the current political makeup of the Twin Cities, you're never getting another stadium. Oh, haven't And no. never, no. ever getting another stadium. Publicly funded, anyway. Right. Right. On this day in 2011, and I remember this. Hmm. A tornado hit North Minneapolis. It killed one and injured 30 people. The storm caused an estimated $80 million worth of damage. I remember that. It was on a weekday. It was broad daylight, and it went right down the street. Hmm. We were on the air. Okay. Right? I remember talking about this on the show. I don't don't remember if we were on the air or not, but it, it happened on this day. No, I don't care. It it, no, it's not important. Uh, nope, no, I'm it really find isn't out. important if we were on the air or not. That's just not important. I have to look it up too, Chris. I'm, you know, I you know stand corrected. It was a Sunday. We discussed Sunday? the aftermath. I remember yes. we were on the air. But it was a weekday. Huh? <laughs> Sunday, May 22nd of 2011, eight days from Memorial Day. I see. According to onthisday.com. We haven't had so much huh. this year as a clap of thunder, have we? No. Not uh, that I've heard. We do. One night we did, didn't we? I, I like thunderstorms. We just don't get them. It's obviously climate change. Do you like to uh, hear the thunder, watch the lightning when it lights Love up the it. sky? Love By it. we, you mean the entire state of Minnesota, too. So you basically, <laughs> That's right. yeah. basically you love a rainy night. I do. I can see it in your eyes. No. No. Thank you. Thank you. Go ahead, Rock. Well, I love a rainy night. 
I love a rainy night. I love to watch the thunder, hear the lightning, the lights up the sky. Oh, it makes me feel good. That's all, all right, I know. Thank you. Thank you to others. Question mark. Did he just yeah, die? Hey, everybody. It's John here, and I want to tell you how you can eat stress-free this spring with Factors, delicious, ready-to-eat meals. You can get their fresh, never-frozen, chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals ready to eat in just two minutes. Weekly menu of 35 options like Calorie Smart, Keto, Protein Plus, or Vegan and Veggie. And they use premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus for the no-fuss meals. And get rid of the hassle of prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Just heat and serve. My favorite, the jalapeno lime cheddar chicken. Customize your weekly meals to get as much or as little as you need. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to suit your lifestyle. Head to factormeals.com slash garagelogic50 and use code GarageLogic50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code GarageLogic50 at factormeals.com slash garagelogic50. You get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. No, he died of cancer 15 years ago. Eddie maybe. Rabbit? At, yeah, that's who's saying that. Eddie song. Money was yeah. the other I was guy. thinking of Eddie Money. You're no, thinking no, of Easy just, Money with Rodney Dangerfield, the great movie. Eddie Money Joe two Pesci. tickets to paradise. Yeah, paradise. he's two tickets. You're thinking of Roger Rabbit. Is that what it is? Roger Rabbit. Prayer Man, Rabbit. we got a lot of rabbits in our house. Prayer Rabbit. You got Run, Rabbit, Run by John Updike. Oh, what a great book. Great books. I'm surprised you know that book, Such. I bet there's a... Uh, <laughs> Town Council gets that one. Uh, I bet there's a podcast on books. <laughs> And you would find that at PodMN on your smartphone. GarageLogic.com houses your way to get into the GarageLogic Town Council. Ten bucks a month or a hundred bucks a year. And a $10 Fred Looney Hardware and Garden Store gift card. Is John Updike still with us? I don't think so. I don't think so. Is he? He'd be really old. 